Welcome to the return slot of horror. A podcast set in the basement of a video store much like the one from your youth. A place where Mickey, Marika, and Michelangelo hang out after hours, talk about horror films, and can't seem to agree on much other than their love for the genre. So grab a drink, be careful on the stairs, and don't be the last one left in the basement at the end of the night. <laughs> Welcome, listener, to the return slot. Oh, is this when I say, of horror! <laughs> That's it. Sorry, listeners, we, 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 we took a little break after Halloween. We lost and our we touch. Were, we lost our touch. <laughs> we lost a lot of things. And anyway, so... I'm walking around the video store and I'm trying to figure out what are we going to talk about next? What section are we going to go dive into? And then I go over to the scary British dude section and I see Warlock and I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid. So I picked this movie and Mickey made the sign for the scary British dude section and he assured me that uh, SBD you know, just the letters SBD, it was like a good short shortcut to it. Now, Marika, I don't, were you aware of what, what SBD, oh. it's not scary British dudes. Uh, I, listener, you might know. Mickey, will you enlighten us as to the little trick you played? As the father of two boys, I have become very familiar with every terminology that is associated with flatulence. And the SBD, my friend, <laughs> the SBD is a silent but deadly. It's one of those uh -huh. creepers that you throw in on somebody right before you leave their car. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> like you drop, you drop them off at school. You say, hey, you guys have a wonderful day. Okay, I love you. And they just slyly get out and smile and laugh as you walk off. And it doesn't hit you until about 30 seconds after they walked off and you see your cute kids going into school. That you're like, oh, they left me an SBD. That's a sign of a deadly. That sign's been up for years and <laughs> always been curious as to why people snicker when they're over in that area. And like so many jokes over the years have gone over my head. Have they gone over your head too, Marika? Now, now that I, my memory, I mean, I haven't been 12 in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to admit that the, the SBD had slipped my mind. But now that my memory is refreshed, I do remember calling them that. Now, real quick though, the cover of Warlock. Do you guys, um, I know we're not looking at it right now, but do you guys remember what it looks like? Oh, I, I recall it from memory easily, yes. Yeah, well, Julian Sands is standing there and then coming out of his butt. <laughs> it's, so I always kind of figured it just worked. <laughs> it's like double meaning. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, I guess the question, we'll come back to it at the end of this, but like, do we keep, do we keep the sign as is? We shall see. We shall see. So, um, I also, so, so listener, uh, spoiler alert from Mickey earlier. Uh, we're going to be talking about 1989's Warlock. I mean, that's literally the name of the episode, but anyway. Oh, yeah. I forget. I forget that. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> if you spoiler alert. You're listening to the, the to the episode of the movie you've already watched. The thing you clicked on. <laughs> um, so this is directed by Steve Miner, who we're, we're fans of through... Um, you know, Friday the 13th, part two and three. He also directed House. It's a favorite of Marika's, yes. I believe. Yeah. Um, and then Mickey's favorite uh, movie of all time, Soul Man. Do not even say, okay, I knew <laughs> you were going to go there. 
<laughs> we okay yeah so for the listeners listeners that don't know soul man was a movie in the 1980s or 1990s that uh featured a a young 20 something who puts on blackface in order to use a scholarship to go to college and but not only not only does he take on blackface but he assumes it's it's terror. It's it's very dated. And not I mean, terrible. you've said enough for us to all, for all of us to understand that this is not a great movie. <laughs> no, it's he takes tanning pills to make his skin darker. That's it. So and oh, and to get to to get a African American scholarship because his super rich parents have decided not to pay for him to go to Harvard or whatever Ivy League school that he's yes. going to. Um, so just like a whole lot of yikes. Uh, it's Steve Miner, an eclectic sort of collection of films. He he also directed Forever Young, My Father the Hero, and then he comes back in with Halloween H two O twenty years later in Lake Placid was sort of his like last few things. Um, and then it's written by David Tuhi. Tuhi. And it stars uh, Julian Sands, Richard E. Grant, and Laurie Singer. And I got to say for this episode, there's, there's some there's a trigger warning here. Um, uh, we're, we'll talk about it later, but there is some uh, there's one thing in particular in this movie that doesn't hold up at all very well. Um, that's some homophobic things. Uh, in one of the scenes, we'll we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but before we dive into 1989's Warlock, um, I would love to know what Marika's spooky cocktail is for this episode. Ah, uh, yes. So today's recommended cocktail is called a canolard. <laughs> oh <my laughs> perfect. So it, now it sounds disgusting, but this is delicious. So you take some hot chocolate. <laughs> you make your hot chocolate and then you do what like survivalists and people who like have to survive outside during the winter do and you melt and whip up some butter about a teaspoon throw it in that hot chocolate mix it up so then you have like a deliciously creamy and fatty hot chocolate and then if you want you can add any kind of like coffee or chocolatey liqueur if you would like and then, you know, this is a beverage that is best served in a tin can, obviously. So, Mickey, what are you having this evening? Quickly, nothing nothing super fancy, but I obviously wanted to go with the Southern Tier Warlock. Oh, very it's, nice. Yes, 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 sir. It's, a imperial, it's an imperial stout. Uh, it's good. I mean, it's strong. Got to take it really easy on them. Drink responsibly, folks. But, um, yeah, it's totally appropriate. It's the Warlock. This is like a ha- Halloween-y. It is. It's a seasonal oh, yeah. Halloween. It. It's a stout made with pumpkins. It's like a pumpkin, imperial pumpkin stout. Yeah, it's nice. it's like the the stout version of the pumpkin, essentially. Yeah. Ah, got it. What are you having, Michelangelo? And so, so I discovered something this Halloween that I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna make this a tradition. Mead. Uh, ah, mead yeah. is such a sweet and delectable drink, and they make like um, all sorts of different flavors that can be Halloweeny. Um, so I'm having some mead tonight. The, the the thing though I discovered about mead it makes you farty. It does not make me. In fact, in fact, I I I digest it much easier because it's more natural. So I was like, oh, I can, and it's lower in alcohol. So I was like, oh, I could have like two bottles of this stuff a night and be totally fine. But then I discovered like a glass of wine is 48 calories. Like uh, eight ounces of wine is 48 calories. Eight ounces of mead is like 348 calories. <laughs> so uh, it explains like a little of the, the jiggle that's been going on with me. I'm like, why? I feel like I'm, you know, up the cardio. Like what's what's going on here? I'm like, oh, I'm consuming like 
a thousand extra sure. calories in mead. But again, a good beverage if you have to survive outside in the cold. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's it's a special treat, not a nightly thing. It's like a special treat. Yeah. So you know, it's a special night. I'm doing this. But speaking of sugar, Marika, mm. you recently had a dentist visit. Will you please uh, uh, let us know? <laughs> we really want to talk dentist, about uh, Yeah, how are you? We doing really do want to hear about what the doctor said to you because I'm gonna I'm gonna remind the listener. This is a person who's like every cocktail has like candy, sugar. She's sucking out of like Twizzlers. She's eating candy on the podcast. What what did the dentist say to you? We have yet to make it through a podcast where Marika's not eating some form of candy at some point. Oh, shit. I forgot my candy upstairs now that you mentioned it. Yeah, well, you're going to have to do without it. I mean, um, I'll take a break and I'll go get it. <laughs> the dentist literally said, oh, as she was looking in my mouth, she's like, oh, you must, you have really good teeth. You must not have a sweet tooth. Ooh. I have magical candy-loving teeth, y'all. I was made to eat candy. It's amazing. <laughs> is there an explanation as to how your teeth are so strong and healthy despite no. all the candy? I mean, I suspect it's like teeth are kind of a genetic thing. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you have Canadians have the reverse of like the British teeth problem. Canadians all have beautiful teeth. Oh, thanks. Whoa. Trigger warning for the British people. Sorry. British <laughs> well, I mean, it's very apropos. <laughs> Let's jump in. <laughs> speaking of British dudes. <laughs> and speaking of jumping in, let's jump into this episode, um, okay, into cool. this movie. Uh, so was this your guys' first time seeing it, or do you have any uh, personal history connected to it? Marika? This is my first time seeing it. I'll admit that I kind of had to push myself in the butt a bit to watch it. So I decided to watch the trailer. So I went on YouTube and I put in the trailer and I watched the trailer and then I wanted to watch it even less. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Cause the trailer, I don't know if you've seen the trailer. It is not great. But then I watched the movie and I actually enjoyed it. And I like, part of me feels like the trailer is just like all the worst bits of the movie. <laughs> in 89, I feel like it's a bad era for trailers. Yeah. Woof. It was bad. Um, but then I watched the movie and I, I actually really enjoyed it. So. That's great. Mickey? I feel like Warlock has been a part of my movie life since childhood, but I'd never seen it. It's one of those, I saw it <laughs> at every movie store. I knew I could tell you who played the Warlock. I could tell you a little bit about the story, but I'd never sat down and actually watched the film. So this was a first time watch for me. I enjoyed it. You know what? I think that, you know, about 15, 20 minutes in, I was like, I was feeling, it was great seeing Laurie Singer. I hadn't thought about her in years. Uh, Richard E. Grant. I was like, oh my mm -hmm. god, this guy, man. Um, I, it was fun. It was enjoyable. I I I laughed. I had some jumps, and uh, it was like a fairy tale adventure with some horror stuff. Yeah, I do want to mention something, and, and tell me if I'm jumping too far ahead. But did anybody think that this this story reminded them of Terminator? Actually, I was gonna eventually get to that. This movie was heavily compared to Terminator when it came out, like heavily. Two guys come from a different time period. They come. One is after, you know, this, and the other one must protect her. And I was like, oh, you know, it's like, the, it was very, it felt, even on the road, how they were doing everything, it felt to me like very Terminator. I was like, oh, this is like a fun Terminator horror. Now, I would argue that perhaps a more fitting comparison would be Kate and Leopold. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you're right. I think you're really right. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm just putting <laughs> no, that out there. You're right. You know, <laughs> I 
I did not get Terminator vibes, but I probably have seen Terminator fewer times than you have. So that's that's true. I was like, I grew up. Like, yeah, Terminator was on my house all the time. All the time. So, so many boys. Mm-hmm. So many SBDs. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Michelangelo, why did you why did you pick this movie? So this is this is a movie that sort of like popped up in my feed, and I was like, oh right, Warlock. I have like a like a story from when I was like a tween teenage years where I went over to a sleepover. I go with my mother to the Italian flower market. Uh, the woman who runs it, she has these two sons. There's like these huge Italian kids. And like, you know, I was bored and we, we like hit it off and we sort of like became casual friends, which was kind of a big deal for me because I usually only had one friend at a time and I had only ever spent the house at like two other kids' houses. So there's like, we set up like a spend the night, like as a teenager thing. And the movie we watched that night was Warlock. And it scared the fucking shit out of me as if you've listened to any of the episodes, like all movies scared me. So like I wasn't quite <laughs> I was like past arachnophobia and it was like the guy who was in arachnophobia is in this. So that was scary. Um, so I'm a little I'm a little bit older now and like like I still have the arachnophobia issues, but I'm like, maybe I can maybe I can do this. And I just remember trying to avoid the movie as much as possible. I tried to get us to go uh, egg a house and we got caught. I was also informed because I called my mother to like talk about this evening because it was a it was kind of a weird night and I don't remember if I actually ended up sleeping over and she couldn't remember much, but she did remember something that I had completely forgotten, which I found very strange. She told me that I <laughs> I got caught playing the violin on their roof naked. wait what how old were you i was like i don't know 12 13 maybe 14 i was like late middle school early high school um (laughs) that is the most random thing i've ever heard so i got so okay Julian Sands. All right, so you you, you spent an hour and a half with Julian Sands. <laughs> I mean, that would be enough to get me naked on a rooftop. I mean, it's Julian Sands and Richard E. Grant. I mean, did you also watch like Fiddler on the Roof the same night? Maybe that's what happened. No, I had never seen Fiddler on the Roof at this point in my life. Um, I, I was playing the violin uh, poorly at that time, uh, or I used to. And um, I used to just, I I thought it was funny to get naked. So as a kid... And a teenager, I would get naked and do things. I would always have my shoes. I learned earlier, I learned very early running out naked in the snow that you should always have shoes on if you're naked. But I had forgotten about that. So anyways, that's my history with this film. So when when it sort of popped up. (laughs) What a great jumping off point. (laughs) When it popped up on my radar, I was like, oh, I need to see this very serious horror film. And then you watch it and it's like, this is one goofy ass movie and we're not we're not gonna hate on this movie tonight aren't we? there are a lot of great things about it but there are some issues i have especially with laurie singer i want to i want to know what you thought about it about her about her performance because i found her to be the weak link in the movie her her performance was as good as her wigs <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. That's on the nose. And and, and in comparison to Julian Sands and Richard E. Grant, who are phenomenal. Without them in this movie, this movie does not work. They're they they are amazing. But what 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 were you guys guys' feeling on on her performance? I'm gonna be controversial, okay? I'm gonna be 
super controversial and say that I enjoyed Laurie Singer and Richard E. Grant. I enjoyed their their I enjoyed her quipping off of him. She's like she's in a different movie than they're in. Here's what I thought, okay? Because I wasn't a kid when this came out. I don't know how serious this movie took itself, but I didn't think this movie took itself very seriously. No, I didn't. So I that's intentional. So I appreciated I appreciated the caricature that Laurie Singer was playing. I feel like if I were to take this movie more seriously, I wouldn't like her choices, but I thought her choices were actually kind of like not valley girl, but very like kind of maybe saying something. Marika? I don't know. I could be wrong, but I thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fun. I thought I actually thought that her quips were funny. But that's the writing. That's not necessarily her. But anyway, not the first scene at the very beginning, like where they're back in 17, whatever the hell. 1691. But the first scene in in modern day where we're at her house and then the warlock like comes through the window and I'm watching this movie and then like the, they find him and that scene is just so oddly written and mm-hmm. so oddly acted out that at first I was like is she a teenager like I didn't understand the dynamic I was like why is she talking to her dad like that that doesn't make any sense <laughs> and then like it, anyway so I was very very confused right from the very start and so at that point I was like okay I just have to turn like suspension of disbelief on we're just going to go with whatever happens from now on. Because this isn't going to be like a classic film, clearly. No. And so once I was able to turn that off, then I watched all of it with kind of a a, a more lenient and humorous eye, maybe. So like when she's an old, old lady and she's running by the train and the director had certainly just told her like, run, but old, <laughs> which is what she was doing. She was running oldly next to a train. Um, I, you know, you just can't help but laugh. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. <laughs> See, but it was hilarious. <laughs> I think that was meant to be funny. Yeah, okay. That was cool. this. So, this script was originally written as a more like earnest film where like the warlock goes forward in time. And like he's persecuted back then and now he's persecuted in the current times. But then yeah. the rewrites sort of make it this sort of schlocky horror uh, exploitation sort of thing. Um, so I, it, the humor is intentional in it. I just don't think she 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 hits it. I think she's like she's playing like all she's playing like like she's reading the script for the first time. The lines are just coming out as written and there's no like depth to her performance for me and it made me think yeah that's harsh yeah i know i'm sorry um she's good I, I i love her in footloose and she is like this like really amazing like cello prodigy that went to juilliard and was on the fame television show and like you know it's there's something i want so she was quote unquote difficult on this production um i saw that she would yeah she wouldn't let the uh makeup guy uh, puts the, all of the prosthetics that they had planned to put on her to age her throughout the film. And I'm just curious. I'm like, I wonder what her point of view yeah. on all this is. I was wondering that too. Was what's like, you know, it's, she's a woman in Hollywood and like, is the director a dick? Is the, was the costume guy, was the, 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 the makeup guy a dick? I, I don't know, but you know, it's like, she's not a dumb person. 
Um, you, you don't, you, she's, she's like a very intellectual, like amazing kind of artist. So like, but her performance in this for me was like ridiculously lack. It made me just think like, man, acting can be so hard. It really is. Yeah. And, but Richard E. Grant and Julian Sands make it look so easy. They have some crazy lines in this film and, and they like, they, it's like Shakespeare. It's poetry. What these guys are doing with this script. In my in my opinion, I I I, I wouldn't call it poetry. <laughs> no no no, I'm talking about some of the lines, some they, of the lines, man. They're it's poetry. They 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 are performing very well, and Richard E. Grant is so great, and he he sells the character even in that ridiculous outfit they put him in. Yeah. It's like, did he come from like Massachusetts colonial times, or did he come from like the first man? <laughs> He looks like an 80s heavy metal rocker. He, he does. You do have to wonder, like, and I, I had this thought a, a number of times during the movie of, isn't he hot? Why doesn't he just take his jacket off? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I like at one point she, on the airplane, she like kind of like puts her head on his shoulder and like oh, sniffs yeah. <laughs> the jacket and like, like, ugh. I'm going to be on the side of saying that, that I thought that what she was doing was intentionally bad. <laughs> I'm sure you should say that in an interview. No, no, I was intentionally, intentionally be... bad. That doesn't. That doesn't. That's not a good choice. What do you mean? No, let me rephrase it. Inten intentionally being a statement about that character in a film. Even like, man, recharge your Delco, man. It's like she's like doing that, like Valley Girl, but not really. And like she's like, oh my god, I'm gonna be old and like. Uh, 60, it's not even worth being alive. No, I, I get that. But I mean... I think she was just making a choice. She's like, I'm going to really lean in on this because it's a silly movie adventure fairy tale. But then I also feel like the examples you just gave, that's that's the writing, right? Like, that's, that's not her, that's yeah. not... So that's the writing. But then, you know, I feel like maybe it was a case of... But no, that choice that I'm talking about isn't the writing. Because you could say... Recharge your Delco, man. That was better. That was better than her. You just did better than her. <laughs> That's because what I'm doing is I'm not trying to say anything. I'm actually trying to be Mickey in a moment. And the line is, recharge your Delco, man. I think that she's actually trying to, to go. I think she was trying to be meta. Mm. To me, it feels like a lack of choice. It feels like she's not making any choice. She's not a bad actress. I mean, she's great in Footloose. Can you name another? Wasn't she in the um, Falcon and um, oh, uh, Snowman and the Falcon name? or the Falcon? Yeah, with Sean, Sean Penn. Penn. Yeah. yeah, she's in that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't remember her being bad in it. No, I remember her being fine in it. Actually, yeah, I remember that being a really great film. That's what was so surprising to me. I, I feel like maybe she was like worn out or tired or had issues with like the production because like she is capable of giving a good performance, but in this, I just feel like it's lacking. That brings something up. Uh, Marika and Mickey, I'd like to know, do you think that there, like, is more depth to this character that they wrote? Or do you think it's 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 kind of superficial? So this is the guy who wrote G.I. Jane, right? Yes. I think he wrote a drifter girl that really didn't, she doesn't do much of, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not really, they didn't write in a whole lot of, like. I mean, I think they tried. You know, they did the whole, like, the whole diabetes thing. And then the whole dilemma, like, when she gets this bell taking, taken off of her, where she, like, wants to leave. But then, greater good. They, but they, but then let's talk about that writing. It's like, she turns 40, and she thinks her life is almost over, because 40 is so gross, because she was in her 20s. She's superficial. So, 
So if you're asking me, yes, the writers wrote a superficial character with not a lot of depth, and she plays it very superficial and plasticky, which might be the reason why it's as humorous, because her quips worked on me the whole way through the film. Oh, that's good. Now, granted, I was watching it from the guise of, I thought I was walking into like a scary warlock movie. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Early, me too. <laughs> early on, yeah. I was like, oh, this is a comedy. We're doing yeah. a comedy. But see, that's that was the problem with the trailer, is that it took itself really seriously. Or at least Got it, it yeah. Oh, it does. Maybe yeah. we're just like, you know, missing the point here. And all of it was all tongue in cheek. And we're not seeing that. It is. I'm telling I'm telling you, it is. It's it is tongue in cheek. It's there is humor built into the script. I mean, have did you see the guy fly? <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, some of the some of the some of the special effects are what they are. You know, I mean, he does. He, he sits with there with the kid. He's like, yeah, I don't go to church. Oh, you don't. You don't, she said. That's a great scene. That is. With the kid from Step by Step. Yeah, it's a kid from Step by Step. And that kid is given a truthful, good performance. And I, to, to, we can't talk about Laurie Singer for this whole episode. But the last thing I'm going to say about it, because <laughs> you brought up a Sean Penn movie. Sean Penn in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, right? He plays like a, a caricature of a stoner, right? But he brings so much depth in reality to that character that he is alive and that performance is like electric if you haven't seen that movie you should he's great in it everybody's great in it and what i get from her is i see what was like written in the script and i think some of those things work and i think she hits the nail on the head a few times especially at the end where she uh He's like all freaked out about his dead body yeah. and she's like you know Giles isn't such a bad name you know I I'll also say that since we're just discussing this whole like writer versus actor choices things, I'll also say that David Toohey as a writer is no Cameron Crowe. So no, no offense to David Toohey. I'm not saying that he didn't write a decent screenplay or anything like that. I'm just saying that comparing Fast Times to <laughs> Warlock is... A bit of a stretch. A bit of a stretch for me. I'm, I'm also comparing fucking Sean Penn to Laurie Singer. You know. <laughs> to Laurie Singer. <laughs> I'm curious, Marika, mm. what did you think of the, um, or both of you, ob obviously, what were you guys, were you guys a fan of the sort of like going forward in time, the whole time traveling aspect of this film? Was that something you dug or were you like, nah? I mean, I don't, it's the whole premise of the movie. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could, I could really object to it because if I object to that, then I object to the whole thing. Okay. It Fair was. Enough. I mean, it was. It um, was fine. It, I thought that the opening scene was. <laughs> it was funny to watch. The background actors in that opening scene. You got a Seinfeld cameo. Got a Seinfeld cameo in there. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Or Mister, you know, Elaine's like boss, uh, when she's a personal assistant. I, He's one of the like official guys. Oh, I did not. Uh, I did not make that connection. You were saying, uh, but yeah, if you watch like the background actors in that opening scene and like what they're doing, it, this is one of the things where I was like, okay, I'm just going to suspend my disbelief <laughs> right from the top. Um, you know, they had to set that up to justify the rest of the movie. And they explain it all in that radio broadcast as we go into the 1980s. It's the night of the devil's wind. Oh, I like that character, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also think it was a female <laughs> doing the radio cast, but for some reason, it's that radio. Everybody's howling Jack or whatever it was. Did you guys see like something that confused me? And I went, I rewound it to watch it. But like, how does he get out of the cuffs at the beginning? Magic. 
That's what I thought, right? It's not explained. Because he, well, you don't really know because you don't, he's in the cuffs. And then uh, what's his, Red, Re- what's Redfern, his name? Redfern, Redfern. Redfern. He leaves, he goes outside, there's the big storm, and he comes back. Maybe I'm misremembering, but he comes back and the warlock's like out. Yeah, he's just gone. Yeah. Yeah. So magic. <laughs> but the whole idea of the thumbscrews is that he can't do magic? Because he can't do spells. He can't do incantations without being able to move his... Oh, his fingers. Yeah. yeah. It's like a foolproof thing, and but then he gets out. I don't understand. Maybe it's because it's like Devil's Wind Knight or whatever. Let me, let me ask you, and, and I may be jumping ahead, because I'm trying to figure out his relationship to the devil. Is he a, a disciple of the devil, or is he somehow like related to the devil? He's a son of Satan. He is the son of Satan. No, no, no. He's not the son. He's a son. A. As a warlock, I think, because I think with witch, witches and warlocks, right? Gotcha. The okay. warlocks are known as sons of Satan, and but I don't, I don't, I forget how it works with the with the with the witches, because it's like there's also a sexual element usually, so it's like not daughters. I don't. But... In Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the series, aren't they like <laughs> the wives? Have you guys watched it? Yeah, yeah, because she's got to sign his name over to him, and like, then he has power over her. And... They wed. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, in in this particular story, he is a son of Satan, not the son, but a right. son of Satan by being a warlock. So that's sort of like it's his master. It's okay. So in that relationship, then on the Devil's Wind Night or Devil's Breath, what do they call it? Then yes, I can see the devil freeing his sons with the Devil's Wind. That is a tornado that takes you into the future. <laughs> I mean, that's another way to call it SBD, isn't it? <laughs> I think a whole fucking SBD just tornado. It takes them into the future. Full circle, full circle. They should have, when they open the door and everyone's gone, they'd be like, ugh. Like, what does that smell like? <laughs> that would have been funny. Um. Uh, anyway, fart jokes. Did any of you guys catch her... Uh, um, Lori Singer's character's weird doll shrine that she had in her room on the wall. Yeah. It's like a bunch of baby doll heads and dolls like on a weird shrine thing on her wall for for the listener who who didn't maybe didn't see it but did and is curious. She's quirky. There you go. I don't know. Um, that house is beautiful, by the way. It was amazing, yeah. Um, I find that this stuff that she pulls out of her closet to put in the car... (laughs) Is a little yeah, ridiculous <laughs> considering her like actual generic wardrobe. Girl stuff. I, was like, I was like, how many f- big frilly, yeah. like pink party dresses does but she this have? This is the joke. This is. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's a. I think it is. It's I think it's joke. like. It's kind of like where's the joke? Where's the reality? Like, yeah. Right. Okay. So, me and Dave Tui have a similar, I think, uh, humor. Because I, I, I was. This was for me. This was just a laugh riot from start to finish. I, hey, I also thought it was very funny. I'm, my comments are just like on her performance, not, not, not on the script. Not, I, I, find, I found the movie funny. Well, okay, so like in the same way that say um, a Catherine O'Hare plays... Uh, oh, don't, don't, don't bring Catherine O'Hare into this. She's <laughs> a fucking master. I love how we're comparing these actors <laughs> to like some of the best... Catherine O'Hare is a fucking goddess, okay? I mean, look, if we compare this performance to Meryl Streep in Kramer versus Kramer, <laughs> when would we place that? <laughs> no, you're right, you're right. I'll, I'm not going to compare to Catherine O'Hare. You're right. No, Catherine O'Hare is, is a 
freaking treasure. A Canadian treasure, right? Yeah. Is she Canadian? Yes. Correct. Yeah. She certainly mm. is. Perfect teeth. Great teeth. <laughs> Great teeth. You're right. Um, let me let me ask you guys a question. Uh, this, so the scene in the morning when he wakes up and the and the and the and the guy who owns the house is is making breakfast. I really like him, by the way. I thought he was really good. Um, the renter. No, no, no. He owns the house. She's the renter. That's what I meant. The landlord. Or yeah, the, the roommate. Yeah, the landlord slash roommate. Man, Eddie, that guy. We all the guy who gets his right. finger cut. Yeah. Jeez. So that scene scared the shit out of me as a kid. So watching it again was surreal because it was like so ridiculous and over the top. What would have happened? What would have happened if like he cuts the guy's finger and then like the ring doesn't fit? <laughs> <laughs> that is a very valid question. I I thought because he like he spots the ring, right? And clearly he likes it. And it's a little witchy. It's got mm -hmm. a little scorpion in there. So I was like, ooh, the ring has meaning. And then he cuts off his finger and he puts it on. And then I'm like, wait, was that just like a fashion choice? Yep. He takes his <laughs> shoes too. He takes his boots, his cool boots. It's like sweet things are set up that I thought would pay oh, off God. at the end that were never even nope. touched. Yeah. Okay. I was like, oh, he had to get to the ring. He had to find the ring. I got a question. I got a question about that. That's so so the ring is one thing that never comes back. And then her her having diabetes and the insulin, right? I thought it was going to play a bigger part in it. Now, I know at the end she uses it to yes. kill him, but I thought it would have been a cooler choice if she does like a, a similar type of like she like kisses him and bites off his tongue and spits salt water into him and that's how she kills him. I, I, I think because then you're calling back. I mean, there is Warlock too. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what happens the next time. I thought the insulin was going to play throughout the story as sort of like um, uh, in, in Con Air when uh, Cameron Poe needs to give his uh, get get his friend the insulin shots. Like I thought she was going to need her insulin at some point, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. She kills. She she uses her syringes." But I thought the insulin was going to going to play a bigger role in it. Um, I agreed. I thought the insulin was something that kind of got passed over. Uh, I mean, it kind of came in at the end, but. It was it was kind of not a big moment. It, yeah, I thought it'd been more fun to do something similar to like a Cujo, where it's like, you know, she can't get to her insulin, so they have to like make a choice, you know, to give him the book or to get her the medicine. You know, something bigger yes. could have been done. Um, and yes. then the other thing is that we never touched back on the Mennonite. <laughs> I'm like, is he still there? Like with the crazy eyes? I don't. I wish they had just like finished. Oh, he was off. fine. Well, I you know I, I was know. okay with that. I was at, okay with at that. Redfern, I love that whole section. That the, I thought the Mennonite stuff was awesome. Um, and then the ring never got paid off. No. And and also, why did he why did he take the guy's tongue and spit it on the? Was it just was that just a joke? Is a cool is a cool I think gag. That was a gag. Okay, okay, cool. Right? I can handle that as a gag. That's fine. But I thought that maybe there was something to cooking the flesh. No, because he left the tongue. Because they find the tongue. Right, the you're right. Yeah, find the you're tongue. right. And that that brings up the one big problem with this movie is the I'm quoting the movie here. Um, big difference between gay and queer. Yeah, that didn't age well. Now, how much do you think that's stupidity in the writing? versus homophobic police officers because she says the line it's not the police like the po the police's homophobia works for me but the line that she says big difference between gay and queer is like because especially since queer is such a like love beloved term 
you know? Yeah, but I mean, it is now, but it's it's been reclaimed. Like, yeah. I think, I think, I think that line is thirty years old. Yeah, I think it's poor writing yeah. and and bad cultural stupidity of the time. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in that period when people like like people I knew would say that there's a difference between black people and the N word, and I'd that's be like, what I, I, "That's exactly." I'd be like, I grew up with that too. Cannot say that they're like, no, 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 no. There's a difference. I'm like you. Yeah, I'm like this is so not. Stupid. Yeah. So I do think that that's just like that. That is a casualty of the times, yeah. which which is a shame because actually, like you put in a decent character, because uh, there aren't a lot of gay characters in this time period that that are you know given like normalcy, like they're kind of like you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. so he was a pretty normal mm -hmm. dude. He was a gay character. In many ways, they were doing some pretty great stuff there with that character. Oh yeah, he was so likable. Well, then to have that just completely take take. I think it was poor, dumb writing. Uh, also a very serious question. Do you guys think it's possible that you have hidden papers in the furniture of your house? Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? In this old house? <laughs> yeah, Mick Mickey lives in an old mansion, as we've previously previously stated. Um, Marika is in a brand new house, so I don't know if she's going to have any furniture that might have. I mean, I don't know how brand new this 40-year-old house is, but yeah, okay. <laughs> be stuff living in the walls. Perhaps the grand grim grimoire. I don't know. I hold furniture. I don't think I have any stuff in my furniture because I am suspicious of things like that, and often will investigate my furniture to see if there's any hidden stuff. Oh, that's so cute. Because I live in a weird little make-believe world still. Do you guys ever do that? Do you ever like, hmm, maybe there's something in here? No, but maybe I should. We have uh, just only a couple of old, old pieces, um, all inherited from friends and family. I don't think there are that many hidden crevices in it for me to find anything like that. You should bust them open. You should bust them open. <laughs> <laughs> just right now. Yes. Just do go that. do it right now and tell us. Report back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the speaking of the grand gr uh, grimoire, is that what's called grimoire? Grimoire. Uh, did anybody like after the movie keep thinking of? Uh, Grin uh, Marnier, is that what it is? The the drink. <laughs> I kept calling it. I was telling Molly, I was like, yeah. And they were looking for the Grand Marnier. And she was like, she's like, I don't think, I don't think it was. I'm like, I, I was like, yeah, the Grand Marnier. And she's sure like, and she's like, no, I think that's that's a drink. I was like, that, oh yeah, that's that's a drink. And then I had to no, look I it up a couple that. times. I kept calling it the Grand Marnier. Real real quick side story about Grand Marnier. But the first time I met Ali, my partner's family. We went to this restaurant, and their the restaurant was their whole thing was Grand Marnier. Is that, am I saying it right? No, it's French. How do you say it? Grand Marnier, but you're not. Whoa, it's French. Grand Marnier. Anyways, it was a pirate themed restaurant where I met her entire family, and their thing was you had a personal locker. Amazing, <laughs> this already. Where you had your own bottles of Grand Marnier provided mm. by. No, no, you the would, restaurant? You would buy these bottles. And you would store them in their your like a wine okay. locker, but it was just for Grand Marnier at a pirate restaurant in Baltimore. Right, but but the restaurant is selling you the bottle. No, you bring it in and you put it in the <laughs> bottle and you pay rent on the on the. Oh my god, that is that is very strange. Why does it have to be Grand Marnier if you're having to go? That's the thing at this restaurant. You do shots of Grand. I don't understand it. I want to go to this place. So like. There's that, and then the second part of the story is I met her, one of her stepbrothers, and I remember he had his, he was like, hey, 
I got see, he had a, like a photo on his phone. He's like, hey man, you want to you want to see something really fucked up? And I was like, okay, guy I just met. Like, <laughs> what? How fucked up are we talking? Like, what are you gonna show me? And I'm, but I'm just like, I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm meeting this guy. I want to make a good impression. So I'm like, yeah, show me this really fucked up thing. And then he shows me a photo, and I'm like, what is this? And he's like, he went to um. What's an ear doctor called? An orthophonist. Anyway. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's it. Marika hit the nail on the head. Um, he went to see the ear doctor because he was having hearing issues, and the doctor just pulled out all of this, like, wax from his oh. ear. Ew. Wasn't that crazy? And I was like, because, like, I didn't know what I was, because my brothers, when, they sh- when they're like, hey, you want to see something fucked up? They're going to show you something really fucked like up poop. probably racist and sexist <laughs> sorry sorry guys but that's who you are anyways back to the movie um, wait, wait oh, sorry sorry you're just gonna have to remind me how we got to this earwax story and mickey was saying grand monnier oh grand grumor grand yeah, yeah. pirate restaurant earwax picture <laughs> this is whew. well welcome back listener welcome back yeah. listener so <laughs> we've just been on a journey I, I have another question. Oh, yay, yay. The sort of like whole concept of this thing, the thing that Red Redfern, Redfern. Redfern and Cassandra are trying to prevent is if he gets all the pages of the book together and he says the actual name of God backwards, everything will be undone or reversed, right? If everything is undone, what happens? What does that mean? What benefit does that give Julian Sands' character? The warlock. I mean, she says, like, oh, it gets, like, decreated or yeah. something like that. Yeah, so what's the point of that? Every Everything would cease to exist just to be a bad guy. But what then what know. happens to the warlock? <laughs> what does he get from this? Didn't she I don't know. say at some place, he, go, he, like, said something like, you will be, like, the chosen one, sit at my right hand or whatever. So he would... Okay. Oh, so he would become the devil? So undoing Earth, I don't think, undoes hell. So maybe he would sit at the, at the head of the throne with satan in hell that's kind of where i assume okay okay we're doing a lot of heavy lifting here kids <laughs> he's doing this for satan in order to, to to get satan's favor favor exactly yeah i mean isn't that always satan's thing though like isn't that kind of his mo yeah hell satan hell satan <laughs> um i love by the way that scene in the bookshop with uh mary warnov Waranov, I can't. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Oh, the medium. She is like this, like amazing artist, like who's sort of like an Andy Warhol type character, socialite, and like appeared in over like eighty horror films, and like is an artist and a socialite, and just like what it like. And I love her in the movie. She likes. She stands out to me as like that scene's amazing. The scariest moment in the movie is when she pops up with the face. With the face. Ah, yeah, yeah, with the face stuff. The face was good. Listen, I thought that it could have been really overly done, and I found that it was kind of underdone, but still really eerie. And she looked all kinds yeah. of messed up, but it was. Again, I use the word subtle lightly, <laughs> but you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, yeah. you know, her face didn't turn red with like a giant brow. So I, I dug the face. I thought it was good. What were your thoughts, Marika, on, because you're, you're, you're super into special effects and makeup, like over, you know, it's real hit and miss, right? Yeah. What was, what was some of the stuff that you absolutely loved and what was the stuff 
you kind of mentioned the flying stuff, you know, Eesh. like that's kind of like, Eesh. like what? And also, I, I really want to know your opinion on like the eyes. No. <laughs> well, no. Well, I'll, yeah, we'll talk about the eyes, obviously. Let's talk about all of it. Yeah, Marika, thoughts. I enjoyed the uh, the demon makeup was a moment that I actually truly appreciated, and I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't agree with me, <laughs> but um, their fake blood was terrible. Especially at the very beginning. Why? At the very beginning when he's got the, the thumb screws in. It looked like they poured like kids finger paint. It was really bad. Okay. Yeah. Are you are you more of a, a hammer horror like slash sleepy hollow? Like that sort of like crazy red. I like I like my realistic looking blood. Okay. Um and then special effects, I mean, you know, I think that the, the movie shows its age throughout. So the energy thing that he like it was really cool, and I'm sure that in 1989, it was a cool effect. But then it, you know, obviously it doesn't hold up. The flying, on the other hand, now that that holds up, that is a piece of work. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was so cheesy. He is in like the least aerodynamic position possible. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally standing right up, and I'm like, what? I'm, I can't be the only one who thought that was bad. Mickey? The flying was ridiculous, man. It was awful. <laughs> it was so bad. And then sometimes he's, he's, he's flying straight up. And then at other times he's like flying like you would expect a witch to fly. Flying slash hovering slash like Running gliding. Roadrunner? <laughs> like a roadrunner? Yeah. He's like the roadrunner. Leading with the elbow. Yeah, with the little spinny leg. Yeah, he's, he's got to like make, if anything comes, uh, you know, it blocks it with oh, his elbow. That's what that is. It's a face shield. A couple things I want to say about this film. This film, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but in my research, this film got its original release actually in 1989. It can. 80. Yeah, 89, right? Yes. Yeah, it didn't get released in the U.S. till 91. Oh. January 11th. What? Now, get this. Wow. All right? Look at those effects, that fire that he's got coming out of his hands, and think, that's in 1991. In two years, you're going to go to the theater and watch Jurassic Park. Oh, that's yeah. pretty crazy. Those CG graphics are terrible. <laughs> well, they're not CG. They're, it's animation. Well, the animation. Isn't it animation? I think so. They're just not good uh, but i like it over cgi really i i prefer like the sort of animation over the film sort of look over cgi because at least it like it, it it just feels more like again you have to just suspend your disbelief but that's just yes, my opinion it feels more engendered when it's like when it's doing the animation versus the actual like character generated graphics but <laughs> i still thought it was not that good I, well, what 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 do you think is worse, um, the you know Matrix sequels flying or this flying? <laughs> I think this looks better than the You're Matrix. Tell me, this flying looks better than the Matrix? <laughs> not not the first one. I'm talking about like the two sequels Marika. where they like went overboard with the CGI. Marika, do you do you agree? Do you concur with the flying in the Matrix being worse? Listener, you chime in. I can't I'm gonna even, I stand my ground. I can't even answer I'm that with sorry. a straight face. That is such a bullshit statement. Marika, you're making some weird noises. Oh my god, I'm literally 
actually crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bullshit. That's how I feel. I, I, I honestly feel the flying in this holds up better than the flying in the Matrix sequels Stop movies. Not the original. It. Let's the sequel. Let's I honestly believe that. Listeners, you oh can listeners go back and watch it. Please chime oh, in. Fuck. Listeners, please chime in. Chime in. Yes. Please <sighs> chime in. <laughs> All right. If I can learn how to use Photoshop. I'm going to put on her Instagram page, Keanu flying and Julian Sands flying. And (laughs) Julian Sands is really a person in the shop. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) You needed to take a candy break. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. I just laughed so hard. Yeah. All right. This is actually the perfect place for us. If we're going to take a break, this is the perfect place to take a break. Okay. Get us back on track when we come back. Okay. (laughs) 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 All right. I I got a good place to pick up when we we come back. Okay. So, Marika has her candy. We're back. Yep. Um, So, Michelangelo. Did you want to add anything to the whole special effects chapter of this, or are we good? No, I, I'm 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 on the same page as you. I mean, there's some stuff I loved and some stuff I didn't. I I didn't feel the way you did about the blood, right? But that's okay. I mean, like whatever. Personal preference. Personal preference. Mickey, did yeah. you did you you chimed in right? Yeah, I mean, my my only thing is, you know, I mean, some of the special effects that they were doing are just. As an editor, they're very standard with just like even those basic editing, some of those kinds of effects now. So it's hard for me to look at it at that time and know what it must have felt like to see it because I wasn't your age watching those effects. But I but I understand where you're coming from because I look back in some movies that I loved when I was a kid that I look back on now and I'm like, the effects were terrible, but still they seem cool to me because I'm like, but yeah, but at the time, you got to remember what was going on. So I don't I don't have the presence of mind to have any affection towards those effects like you do. So I'm going to just keep it that, you know, they did the best they could with what they had. So I want, I want to talk real quickly about um, David Carpenter and Ann Thompson, who played the pastor and the pastor's wife when they go to Boston. Did you guys, I made the mistake the first time I watched this. It wasn't until I did research that I realized he was a pastor and there was the pastor's wife. I thought. Oh, she was like, a he mistress. was a, well, I thought he was a priest and she was a nun and they were like, like oh so damn. like yeah yeah so like the moment they're in that scene i'm like oh my god those two are fucking they yeah. gotta be fucking and then he brings up the baby and i'm like oh, they were fucking oh my god this is so brilliant but then i look up and their 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 pastor and pastor's wife is the name of their characters and i'm like oh okay i guess that, that makes deep. more sense did anyone make that mistake no uh, because i grew up in a church system where where preachers were married all the time oh I was not. Um, no, I thought at first when he looks up in the window, I was like, ooh, something's going on. But then when they're at the house together and she's pregnant, I was like, oh, right. Some some preachers can get married and have sex. It's just the weirdo Catholics. Yeah, clearly. I love Anna Thompson. She had like a real good career in the 90s. Um, do you guys... She was in like The Crow and like Unforgiven. She just she has this sort of like so great. Yeah, yeah. She has this like amazing sort of sympathetic like I've had a hard life sort of look to her that like served her well in like certain performances. Anna Thompson is fantastic in The Crow for real, for real, and everything. 
and everything. She's yeah. great. Um, so what do you guys think about like, so, so <laughs> the concept of, so he's in the graveyard, right? The, in the graveyard scene, he's, his skeleton, his dead remains are buried there with the pages. Yeah. Did that make any sense to <sighs> no. you guys? No, none. I mean, not if you're going to respect the fabric of time, but. Okay, Mickey's got it. Mickey's got something. Let's hear it. Okay, okay. So, remember for a moment, halfway through this film, I was having real Terminator vibes. Yeah? (laughs) Yes. I thought that somehow he was going to end up trapping himself in the coffin with his own dead body, gripping the Bible thing done, and she was going to bury it on hollowed ground, and that was how it was going to end. Ends up in the same place every time because you can't close the circle. That is, oh, that is the time that we live in. You can't, you know, like that idea, you can't close the circle um, because that's how time uh, functions. But no, they didn't do that. I feel like we're, like, having this discussion, we're writing a much better version of this film. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's a better version. There's a better version of this for sure. Speaking of, like, burying the pages... Like, were you guys kind of like, she could have dug a little deeper? I mean, yes, she could have. I also feel like that wasn't, it's a clever, like, it's a clever idea. Like, ooh, the salt flats. But then it's also, I feel like, not probably the best one. No, it's a terrible idea. (laughs) Like, let's put this whole thing assembled in a hole two inches underneath the surface of this place where tourists come all the time. Yep. Literally, Satan's like MO is cutting deals with people. Yeah. Just go to a human, cut a deal to go dig this two foot yeah. buried manuscript out yeah. of assault. Yeah, it's like it's not it's not great. Don't they mine these fields? So wouldn't it get like picked up by a machine or something? You're probably right, yeah. Um they had to leave an opening for uh Warlock two and Warlock three. Warlock two. I do want to see Warlock. The the trailers do look terrible, but like Julian Sands is in the sequel. How is that possible? They killed I, him. Well, you know, he lives on eternally. He's the son of Satan. Well, that's that that in and of itself causes issues. Yeah. Um, now, now that we're at the end of this movie, um, it's kind of interesting that uh, New World Pictures filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> Almost, this is like one of the last films to come out by them. I sort of feel like uh, uh, New Line Cinema, the house, the house that Freddie built, yeah, and that Frodo, oh, right, if saved, they did um, Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles, yeah, yes. Um, I, I kind of feel like New Line picked up where uh, New World left off. Cool, this I thought was interesting. Are you aware of the copycat killing that? Uh, ended up happening oh okay so do you know about this because you researched it or you you because you grew up in canada you were aware of it i had never heard of this i suspect this is the kind of story that you shield your children yeah it's (laughs) terrifying marika please enlighten us mickey are you aware of this no i have no no yeah basically i believe it was in winnipeg there's like Uh, a teenage saskatch saskatchewan Saskatchewan. Yes, it was in Saskatchewan in 95. Uh, watched the movie like 16 times or something. Like something that sounds like a lot when you're in the 90s. And decided that he wanted to fly. And so he tried to basically boil an unbaptized boy's fat and drink it so he could fly. 
Oh my god. Yeah. And an un- and an unnamed eight-year-old accomplice murdered a seven-year-old boy, cut strips of flesh from his body, boiled and drank it in hopes oh, that he would god. have the ability to fly. Yeah. Charles was found not guilty by reason what? of insanity, but was sentenced to stay at the high security regional psychiatric center in Saskatoon. Am I saying that right? Saskatoon. Where he where he had <laughs> Uh, You're not even gonna try, are you? <laughs> I, I'm not saying anything, right? <laughs> but that's fucked up, no. And and yeah. and as a result, now um, I think we have different names for them in our countries. But like that little chip that you can have in your TV, um, it's different now, obviously. But uh, um, the little chip that parents could like make put in their TV so that like uh, you're you can't watch certain programs. That's a result of uh, what happened with Sandy Charles. Wow. It, you see, like, I wow. get that. And listen, I'm all here for it. But I feel like that's such a, like, if my kid was watching this movie over and over, I wouldn't think, like, there are more disturbing movies for children. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, that's what I find weird. Where I'm like, it's clearly, I mean, again, if the kid is not well, the kid is not well. And then that's yeah. a whole yeah. other story. But, Yeah. You don't you don't outlaw peanuts because it kills certain people because they have an allergy. And then also like it, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out. I mean, if the kid's gonna drink raw sewage, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's not raw sewage that makes. I it... don't know. I don't remember <laughs> it's, what it's, it is. It's a toxic ooze. Isn't that the same shit, basically? No, to- raw sewage and toxic <laughs> ooze are very, very, very different. Not, I mean, <laughs> they do live in raw sewage. You don't know that. You're making an assumption. Okay, I feel sir? like toxic sludge is far less common in. They live in the sewers of New York City. They live in in filth. In raw sewage. They take orders from a rat, and they live in <laughs> filth. Can I? Can I for fun? Can I for funsies tell you just some of the names, titles of some of the movies the New World uh, <laughs> Pictures did? Go on. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a couple names. Some of these you will know, but I want to go with some of the earlier stuff. To, and you you tell me what you think the kind of films they're doing early on. All right, the student nurses, the young nurses. Wait, are these two separate titles of two separate? <laughs> so, yeah, two, two separate movies. Yeah, obviously, Marika. Sorry. The the me. student the student teachers, <laughs> the candy the candy striped nurses, <laughs> cockfighters. <laughs> summer school summer school teachers <laughs> uh cover girl models street girls what now now hell? i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you something that you will know something that you will be uh aware of we're okay rock and roll high school yeah with the rones yeah uh bringing it back to like uh our playlist the ramones um that that's pretty oh saturday the 14th have we have you, anybody ever heard i've of seen that that's worth watching it's terrible quality and it's like so stupid and goofy it's like a spoof watch saturday the 14th it's okay it's, it's worth it it's worth it might be something we do here on the show might be worth doing on the show i don't know <laughs> it's pretty bad <laughs> i love that you're like no no okay so they did children of the corn okay you know that's that's pretty cool. Children of Corn's good, um, and then Linda Ham bringing it back to Linda Hamilton Terminator Transylvania six five thousand. 
Oh God, I love man Gina Davis did a so number beautiful. on me in so that movie. Beautiful. Oh Knocked my God! Me out. Oh my God, guys, chill out. Jesus. Oh. Okay, whoa. it's like what oh, surprise? This is getting uncomfortable. Uh, you, I mean, but also Gina Davis is just really great. Oh, she's um, amazing. She's okay, much got, better than Laurie Singer. Okay, I've got two, I've got three more to do. Uh, Return of Killer Tomatoes with George Clooney. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun actually. That's that's a worth a watch. It is. Yeah, uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Yes, another Cleavage yep. movie. Yes, another. <laughs> um, actually, uh, Heather's. They did Heather's. Oh wow, that's like legit. Yeah, it's legit. And they then, also did Pink Flamingos. Wow. I mean, they're the, yeah, the yeah, list, yeah yeah this list of movies that they've done is crazy. So and then you know Warlock, obviously. So, guys, uh, have we reached it? Have we reached that moment? We've reached the moment where who do we recommend this movie to who's coming into the shop and we're going to be like <laughs> you need to go to our silent but deadly section we need to discuss if we're keeping it sbd um the silent the the silent but deadly the jesus christ mickey you fucking asshole years years this thing was up for years Scary British dudes. Who do we recommend Warlock to from our scary British dudes, aka Silent but Deadly? Marika, I I I I shoot it over to you first. Who do you recommend this to? Any like fourteen year old? Who <laughs> <laughs> also appreciate an SBD? But now we say this as a joke. But then, but I do feel like that's probably just about the right audience oh yeah i feel like not most people would not be as lenient as as we were most people like if this movie is on netflix they're gonna go oh i'm gonna watch this get seven minutes in and turn it off so i feel I like the i agree 14, with you but i hear you i feel like the 14 year old is gonna be like this is strange i want to see what this is about do you know what i mean because there's something to it like the the um like adventure quest aspect of it is so much fun. And like those were always my favorite movies when I was a kid. Of like, oh my god, we have to find the three things, you know? I love that. And I think that that's a very cool thing to be watching when you're a teenager. Assuming that, te you know, said teenagers are okay with a little bit of gore. It's not too gory. I think they are. The I stuff they they're exposed to nowadays, they'll look yeah. at this and be like, this is hilarious. So that's um, 14-year-old boys. Boys specifically. Uh, you said, originally kids. you said any 14-year-old. Any okay. Mickey? Yeah, I'm going to go uh, comedy horror. Oh. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. I, I would even say somebody who appreciates something like a Tucker and Dale versus Evil, something like that, I'd say just watch it. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know that it's meant to be as funny as it is, but for me... It, it cracked me up. I really did. I enjoyed the film. I mean, I feel like if we put it in the horror comedy section, we're going to get a lot of complaints. Oh, you think? Okay. Because if you take that movie even like a little bit at face value and you're watching it somewhat seriously, it's not funny. It's just bad. I know, I you know what agree. I mean? I mean, if we, we watch like a proper like horror comedy, I'm sure we'll get to some in, in the near future. But if we do like a proper horror comedy... Then side by side, you're right. This would not. This would pale in comparison. But it's a. But like I'm saying, this is a guy who rents a lot of them and overlooks Warlock. And I'm like, you know what? Watch it. It's pretty fun. It's just fun. 
I mean, it does. It definitely does not feel very horror-y. I uh, can can, I, can I add a question for, for you, Michelangelo? Yeah. Julian Sands. We're talking about scary British dudes. He is the scary British dude. Yeah. Is he a five pumpkins scary British dude for you? Five pumpkins all the way. Five pumpkins all the way? He's also a five pumpkins charming. Dude, I, I actually thought about that. I was like, are we going to change this to sexy British dudes? Because <laughs> sex, I mean, he's a sexy British dude, too. So charming. Mm. So debonair. Yeah. I did not get that at all. Really? I no. here's Here's a little info. To, to add a little more context to the things we've just talked about is that they cast Julian Sands out of type for this role. Originally, they wanted him for Richard E. Grant's part, but they thought he would play better in the Warlock part because it's against type. So they, they, they were like, he is charming, he is cool, he is nice, he is sexy, but we, we want that in our warlock character. And, and, and also, so around this time, Julian Sands is like getting a lot of like um, offers from America to be in, move, in films, right? And he's not sure what to take, and he was getting a lot of like horror stuff. And he was like, ah, this is all pretty boring stuff. And when the, this script came along, he thought it was going to be like a run-of-the-mill sort of like horror thing. But then he read it, and he was like, oh, this is kind of funny and different. Right. Make no mistakes, this is supposed to be funny at times, but it's also supposed to be scary and gory as well. Um, and I got to be honest with you guys, like the 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 horror comedy section doesn't really exist anymore in the video store. I keep moving things because we have all these weird subsections. So if you try to find the horror comedy this section. Is this. Yeah, oh, it's... No, no. This this doesn't belong in a horror comedy section. This belongs to somebody who likes horror comedy. This belongs in the SBDs. I think Julian Sands, I think what makes him a good scary British dude is that he is kind of, and I don't know, Marika may disagree, but I found him to be kind of sexy. And I also found like him to be cool. Like, he had some swagger. And I was like, and that yeah. to me is scarier than, like, just purely menacing. Because you're like, no, this guy is kind of like, I can see where you, you would just be like, yeah, you can have your way and kill humanity or whatever. Like, even when, like, even when he's um, threatening the pregnant wife, I'm like, I could totally see that wife being like, take me right now. Because that's, yeah, that's a sexy warlock. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> cut but that out. Just cut that out. No, no. Yeah, I'm there. Keep it. It's been said. Guys, what is what defines? Wait, wait. You didn't say wait. wait what section are you putting this movie in, or who are you recommending? Well, hold on, hold on. This is this all. This is all part of it. <laughs> what defines horror comedy better than silent but deadly? <laughs> I mean, I I cannot disagree. I cannot disagree. Um, I, I think you made a mistake there, Marika. It's not. What section I'm putting? I know it's who you're recommending it to. Yeah, she's recalling. Where you know it's a bit muddled. Listener, there are a bunch of episodes of our podcast that exist somewhere. Eventually, maybe somewhere else, (laughs) maybe on a Patreon, where we weren't sure what way we were going yet. Anyways, that was a little little hint for the for the constant listener. Um, but uh, this is your mom. It's my mom. Hi, Mrs. Milano. Hey, man, man. Um, Mrs. Mrs. Milano Jr. <laughs> just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
better you better not fucking say a word about my beautiful, gorgeous, wonderful, perfect. I want her to know that we have actually touched already a couple of these New World films. This is not our first New World film that we have done, but we have never published any of the other New World films that we did. Oh, let's keep it a secret for now. So who do I recommend this this film to? I I agree with Mickey. I think the 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 person who's like, "Man, I've seen Evil Dead 2 about 1000 times. What do you got for me?" I'm going to be like, "Warlock it's not going to be as good. It's it's it's, 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 lower it's lower tier, but but it kind of scratches that itch. It's it's like it's schlock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's schlock. Don't take it too seriously. It's a good time. And for and I also agree with you, Marika. Like teenagers, like I I don't know what Mickey. You have a better grasp on this than I do because you live with them. But like I feel like this is a also like a great film for a teenager or someone who hasn't watched a lot of horror. It's like uh, Gateway. We've talked about Gateway horror, and I think like this is maybe this is like. This is like on the end of the tier of gateway horror. This is the thing that's like there's going to be some stuff that's going to make you uncomfortable. And if if it makes you so uncomfortable that you can't watch it, then you know horror is not for you. But like if you if you get through it, if you get through it, you're like okay, you you can graduate to like eventually like Hellraiser, you know? Another Easter egg for our listeners. Mm-hmm. This is this is like remakes are a good thing sometimes, yeah. and I think this is one that would make like for a really good remake. Like the thing is, like it's gonna be hard to capture the magic of Richard E. Grant and Julian Sands. Honestly, maybe you can just cast them again in the parts, remake the film, cast them, and you know, so, sorry, Laurie. Maybe Laurie Singer can. Um... <laughs> Don't finish that sentence. Yeah, they, they no, they can do one of those like CG faces because we know that that Michelangelo loves CG. No deep fakes. No, Michelangelo loves no, CG. We're gonna CG her face, make her twenty again, and then when they play her as the forty-year-old, she doesn't have to do have anything. To do makeup. Yeah, she's there. She's set. She's ready, and she'll bring something more deep to it because now she actually is a forty-year-old. She'll be like, you know what? I'm okay with this body and this Being life. Forty I'm isn't okay. so bad. Not so bad at all. <laughs> actually, you know what? I rather enjoy the maturity and the lessons that I've learned over the last twenty-four hours while I changed. Into- we recast it. With Sean Penn, <laughs> Catherine O'Hare, oh and Meryl Streep, who who all arguably are as good as Laurie Singer, <laughs> <laughs> at least as good, at least as good as. We need to. We, okay, we've gone off the rails, <laughs> Again? listeners. Guys, I gotta. I seriously, I need to go recharge my Delcos. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. I need to go get my bottle of Grand Marnier. Marika, can you could you maybe um could you could you send us off with some beautiful French? <laughs> that's that's the best idea we've had so far. Alors euh, en cette semaine, puisque c'est toujours moi qui ai le dernier mot, on a parlé de grands grimoires, paru de magie, de potions du diable. Mais moi, je voudrais juste spécifier à tout le monde qui nous écoute que c'est pas vrai que les scènes où ils volent sont Aussi bonne, sinon pas meilleure que The Matrix. <laughs> on on s'entend. Ok, merci. Bye bye. Merci. Merci. merci.